0: We don't normally do this, but I just wanted to say, welcome to November. And while many of you won't love November the way I do, because, well, quite frankly, based on where you live in the world, according to stats, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite holiday because I get to spend time with my loved ones and the people I care about the most. And even if you can't celebrate or even if you don't celebrate it, you can celebrate Movember. Movember stands for tackling prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men's mental health, and suicide prevention. Uh, and we all have a male in our lives or a man in our lives that we love and want to be around for even longer. So uh, do what you can to help raise awareness and support Movember. The Ugly Inside has done this for the past couple of years. Uh, you can actually help them support it by going to mobro.co slash inside the link is in the show notes. Uh, and by the way, I am growing a mustache for Movember. Uh, I am going to ruin my family pictures. Uh, so hopefully you don't have to. All right. So head over to mobro.co slash the ugly inside and help support. All right. Uh, now let's get to the show. 25
1: yards out. Lovely ball
0: very very embarrassing to And now your host Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And obviously, we're on an international break. So there is no specific Saints match of which to speak um, unless you count the Behind Closed Doors friendly where I read conflicting reports of who scored the goals and everything else. Um, But I don't make the joke about, you know, us doing well against championship opposition during this week's episode, unless you count that one right there. Uh, It is November. Uh, This is the last international break of 2019. And we have a run of fixtures coming up that we should be able to take some points from, but that should is always kind of, uh, there's a caveat there every time because uh, we haven't shown Uh, the ability to do that. So there's plenty of things to discuss and look forward to and, and some hope there for us as we move forward. But uh, of course it's going to be, um, it looks like a difficult campaign for saints, but I don't want to start this on a, on a negative thing because we don't need to last weekend, obviously it was the international break. So no kind of no, no men's game to talk about unless you count the the Euro qualifying and things like that. Congratulations to England. Um, But there was a women's football weekend. And unfortunately, uh, the Southampton women's football club not the one associated with the men's club uh but the one that has been around for a long time uh they fell in their match but fortunately for them they'll have another chance to uh come back and and you know uh put right that wrong i guess because that's what you have to do uh week in week out and maybe saints uh, can learn something from that as well. But um, anyway, this week I had the opportunity to catch up with The Athletic's Carl Anchor. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at anchorman616. Uh, and because there was no match, we talked a little bit. I had a couple of questions for him. And then we took a bunch of your questions. We spoke last Thursday. So this is uh, some of you guys sending questions over the weekend. Uh, I was off of Twitter for, for the most part. So uh, if you send in questions on Friday or Saturday, um, they didn't make it on the show. But thank you anyway. Uh, we do appreciate that and always continue to to send those in because it's one of the things that makes the show uh, a lot of fun to do. But anyway, Carl and I tried to answer as many questions as we could, and uh, hopefully you enjoy the hour or so long chat that we have. So um, once again, you can find Carl on Twitter at Anchorman616. He writes for The Athletic. Uh, he is dedicated to writing about Southampton. So he's one of the guys that's in the press conferences and writing about the team each and every week. And if you haven't... Uh, I guess if you haven't seen anything that he's written, you should check it out. There is a link in the show notes for you to do that. Uh, We've also done a previous episode with Carl. That link is also in the show notes if you are interested. And uh, if you also like things other than football, so does Carl. Uh, He does a wrestling podcast called Parts Unknown. Um, He's also featured on the Totally Football Show quite frequently. So there is lots and lots of Carl to go around if you are interested in that. But before we jump into the episode, I just want to say thank you to all of the patrons of the show um, because of you, this has gone on now for nearing three years. Next week will be episode 150. Uh, that's 150 straight weeks of sitting down and doing this. And I could not be happier uh, or more proud to be on this journey with you because you guys have helped uh, a ton. So thank you to you, uh, for doing that. I really do appreciate it. And, um, thank you to all of you who listen as well. And for all the feedback, you guys have made the show great. Anyway, let's jump into the interview now. This is Carl Anker of The Athletic, once again on Twitter, at Anchorman616. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll talk to you on the other side. All right, well, we'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Carl Anker. You can find him on Twitter, at Anchorman616. He writes for The Athletic. He's on The Totally Football Show and a number of other podcasts around everywhere, it seems like. Uh, So, Carl, welcome back, and thanks for joining us on your day off. Hey, Hey, how's everyone doing? <laughs> I, I hope they're well. Uh, they they have to be doing better than the football team. Even the even my students have been teasing me like, "Hey, Southampton won't lose this week because uh, they're not playing." And it's like, you guys are great. Um, at, at at fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen years old, you guys are cutting me straight to the core. But uh, it it is it is true, so we can't complain that much. Um, sure. but I mean this this week, I guess there's no game. We're recording early. Uh, in the week so it's it's still Thursday the 14th as, at time of recording so uh, this will be out on Tuesday but um we're just going to answer some questions from listeners and kind of go through and talk a little bit about the the season but um i guess now uh, one of the things i wanted to start with was for you um you've been kind of covering the club since the summer uh this has been kind of your your focus at the athletic and if people don't know about the athletic uh they they should know that it's a subscription based service but you guys are doing fantastic writing and I'm having trouble keeping up with all of the things and uh that are that are happening at the athletic both from you and the rest of the Premier League coverage and then also the Houston Astros are currently embroiled in a cheating scandal uh and that's not mm-hmm. great either um but I mean just I guess let's start with the athletic. Just a little bit, I should I should ask you a little bit about that. But like, uh, what would people expect to find if they showed up at the athletic or, or went to the site? What would uh, what what types of stories would would be there?
1: The some of the best stories you'll find on the planet. So, how my job works is I ring up the athletic HQ at nine o'clock every single morning, and I go. These are the things I want to do. Uh, some of them are a bit weird. Some of them a bit off the wall. Some of them will take two or three days for me to research rather than 20 or 30 minutes. And I am nearly never told, no, I'm always told, can you prove it? Uh, and can you prove it by getting expert voice on it? Or can you prove it by getting this statistical data or can you prove it by just writing like the wind? (laughs) Um, I, I think everything that is on the athletic is backed up by something you wouldn't expect or something that is the best that we can find out there. It, we very much try our best to to not do hyperbolic statements and to very much deliver on what we claim. So if we go out there and claim a certain player is the reincarnation of someone who played in the 90s, we're going to go out and find either that player in the 90s or because the statistical evidence of that. If we go out and say uh, this sports team has been playing a lot better since they changed from red gate Raid to blue gate Raid. we're gonna find someone within the team to to explain why yeah uh, and i think that's the use of, of the athletic something is happening at your sports team for a reason and the athletic goes out there repeatedly to find out that reason
0: yeah and and you you they offer coverage of of all the premier league teams some of the championship teams and then just the premier league in general uh champions league in general uh, there's a lot of, of, of really good uh writing going on and, and as you said, uh, there is sometimes some stuff that's a little off the wall, and it's but it's interesting, and, and the stories are written in a in a, in a way that um, I found myself sometimes you, you wind up on some weird newspaper website, and the story is kind of um, it's missing pieces, and and I've never found that with the Athletic. Um, you guys have a rating system at the bottom of every article, uh, and I always click the green one on the right. Um, so oh, thank you. Well, yeah, you guys do good work. You deserve it. So um, now I. I I think that's the happy part over for the most part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so, so you've been around since since the summer in terms of covering the club uh, full on for the Athletic. But, I mean, have you noticed a change that that's happened at the club since then? Has there been a change in, in mood? Because, I don't know, I'll just say for me, watching, um, it seems that there has been a bit of a shift. Uh, uh, I think the, the momentum or maybe the optimism is is, is somewhat gone. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed that, or if it's just something that that I'm picking up because I'm on Twitter too much.
1: <laughs> uh, how, how I, put this? I think going into the season, before the season started, it was the most optimistic Southampton fans had been in about two or three years. So I think Southampton fans are quite realistic. They weren't expecting, you know, let's get back in the Champions League spaces or the Europa League competing spaces. But I think for a number of fans, they were expecting somewhere between ninth and 14th, a comfortable mid-table. Finish maybe a cup run, uh, some youngsters will be blooded. But all in all, they were going to be safe. I think Southampton fans thought that. The manager thought that. I think my employers, in part, thought that. Which is why you know they selected Southampton Football Club for me. And uh-huh. uh, that's very much not come to pass. What we've got instead is, I'm going to say chaos and bewilderment because I, I, I truly cannot get a track on what on earth is going on here. <laughs> in a nice way, I like yeah. I do have a track on what's going on, but what we expected at the start of the season and what has happened has not quite come to pass. So there, there is an article in front of the paywall of the athletic from the start of the season, which basically is me explaining why I'm all in on the club. And then I did another piece, which uh, was a preseason prediction. And I said, the best case scenario is everything clicks. So I'm going to finish about ninth to 12. Mm-hmm. And I said, the worst case scenario is the squad is kind of thin, They've got a really, really bad opening fixture list, and then by the time Christmas comes along, they're tired and they're looking up the Premier League table instead yeah. of that. Yeah, and I think the the worst case scenario has happened,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, and and, and some fans are, are going to get angry and say, like, look, like we we said this was coming simply because you you know the manager has changed, but the players haven't, and the backroom stuff is, is a mess, and. We'll get on to that in just a second. Um, I, I just want to ask you, like, you know, you you seem to come in with some optimism. You were you, and you, but I I think you still have it. Every time I hear your voice on the Totally Football Show or I read your writing, you don't come across as being kind of down. And I know that that this season, uh, more than than I would say even the other ones that I, that I've done, and and it seems like every season that I've done the podcast, we haven't done well. So maybe I should stop. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, it it's worn on me a little bit. It's been there have been times when I've been looking at it going like, I don't either want to record or I don't want to edit the episode because I'm just like, this, this, is, not, like, this is not going well. But that doesn't seem to happen to you. But has it, has it been a, a bit of a grind on you going to press conferences and seeing Ralph kind of be, you know, maybe not as enthusiastic and, and just knowing that things around the club maybe aren't going as well as, as they could be?
1: i respond Or is it, or is it a job, a few, I guess. I re- I re- well, I've, I have had some very, very nice Southampton fans uh, and, and football fans comment going... I feel really, really bad for you, Carl. This is really, you know, <laughs> I feel really bad for you. You've got this. And uh, I remember particularly during the 9-0 game when it got to 4-0, as a Thampton fan went, Carl, go home. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. No one has to watch this. This is just painful. And I felt, well, I felt sad because I was watching a team I'm supposed to care about now lose 9-0. But the way I've always described it is this is my job. Yeah. But for a lot of other people, this is meant to be their source of joy. So we have... Uh, Q&A's on The Athletic. One happens once a week for an hour. I tend to do that around about 3pm um, Greenwich Me Time on a Friday. And then we have one at uh, full time after every Southampton game. And after the Everton game, one person just came in the comments section and just went, piss off, Carl. Oh, wow. And I went, ah. Oh. I went, Oh buddy, I'm really sorry. Because you're not saying piss off to me, you're saying piss off because I'm trying to be positive when you just want to be sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. then I went, I'm really sorry, buddy. And he went, yeah, I know. It just hurts so much. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't him, you know, he said piss off, but he didn't mean piss
0: off. It was just basically, I'm in pain. Yeah, which um, I, I, I think is fine. I think is it's, fair. I think it's, we all are, I think, you know.
1: And every single Friday, there is one person in the Q&A who goes, Carl, please cheer me up. And, it, you know, at the start of the season, I was going, well, you know, Musa might come back. This is positive, this is positive, this is positive. Yeah. But for the last two weeks, the most positive thing I can tell him is, it's Friday. <laughs> Hopefully he's not that, some that, person that's who... My,
0: that's, that's how I'm cheering him up now It's Basically, I do it this Friday. And, and the rest we will have to deal with later. Hopefully he's um, not somebody who has to... Uh, it starts work or, you know, his day's off are Wednesday, Thursday. Um, yeah, right? That'd be That's hey, um, it's a, it's a really, really bad state
1: right now. Yeah. Uh, losses do make certain things harder to do. So, you know, it, it, it can be a little bit difficult for me to ask a football manager a question when his team is not doing well. It can be a little bit difficult to get certain information when, when, when it's raining, for example, and it's raining a lot on the South coast. So things like that do affect my job. But for the most part, my, my thing is basically, I'm here to cover this football team. The thing that mostly wears down, on me is the fact that, you know, I've had to go up to Manchester twice in a week and that like hurt my back because I was on the train for 10 hours. But for the most part, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah uh, the first half against Everton was a terrible game of football, um, and that one was one where I went. This stinks. yeah. but for the most part. All right. there was a bit on Tuesday where I was, I was in London. I was in the mothership of the Athletic, and I was at my desk and I was reading uh, some stats, and I basically let out an Almighty Yelp. I was like, oh my god, uh, and everyone in the office sort of turned around and looked at me because they all thought I was in pain or I'd seen some sort of extreme gore or something awful. And I just very quiet went, Oh, hi, hi, sorry, no, I've just read a really bad stat about Southampton. And then everyone laughed at me because I went, Oh, you care
0: so much. It's I mean, well, it's good and bad. Um, carrying, I've been told is, as somebody who came to the club from. Uh, I'll say from the outside from America Uh, people are like man this club is going to hurt you and it's like they haven't lied uh, and they weren't lying Uh, so yeah you're you're in it you're in it now Um, I mean has I mean we talked about the optimism at the beginning of the season Um, Ralph on the sidelines has looked a little bit more dour a little bit more I don't want to say deer in the headlights because I don't think that's correct but he's looked a little bit almost a little bit lost or a little bit shocked or something on the sideline last couple of matches and and you mentioned um, uh, on this week's Totally Football Show or last week's Totally Football Show by the time people hear this um, that he was you know actively yelling at the guys to 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 go to go get them and and the team wasn't doing it and and I mean has have you noticed a shift in him over over the over the course of the season and and is his demeanor kind of as bad off camera and away from from the I guess the on camera stuff as it is as it as appears to be when he's on the sideline
1: uh, so after the the League Cup game, so just after the 9-0, mm-hmm. he was bad after that game. So after, after the Friday night kickoff, he, he you know 20-minute wait for his press conference. He talked for four minutes, and he was very much, I don't know what to do. This is really painful. Don't really ask me any questions right now. I need to go sort my life out and figure something out there. And then on Tuesday, I traveled up to Manchester more or less observed him from the sideline and observed how he did not really go back into the dugout. Um, And uh, I I described it in my piece in the Athletic that Ralph Hassel will look like a man waiting for a bus that will never arrive to take him to a destination that doesn't exist. (laughs) And things have got better since then. I did notice that he got a haircut in between the Friday and the City game. And I did point it out to him in the press conference. And at the end of the press conference of the League Cup, I went, how are you doing? And he goes, he just went to me, I feel better than I was on Friday. And then again, after the, the press conference on Thursday, I went, how are you doing? And he went, I don't really relax. I don't need to relax. I'm just here to work. And then again, after the defeat against Manchester City, I said, look, this is the third time I'm going to ask you this week. It'll be the last time I asked you for a little bit. Yeah. How are you doing? And he said, I'm all right. He's kicking on. All right. Well, and that, that's, what, that's what he said. He's been quite bullish because I've, I'm just kicking off, kicking on. He wants to focus on work. He doesn't want to dwell on the 9-0 he doesn't like it when it's brought up he did say there was a bit on Thursday before the game against Everton he goes why do you keep bringing this football game up <laughs> and I think that there's that sort of sense in a lot of people well that's the sort of general vibe in, in, in Southampton where like, we just want to put this game behind us and kick on with other stuff
0: yeah um, I'm hmm well, I, I mean, about that view yeah, well, that's—I mean—that's fair for them to want to do it. They don't want to bring it up. They want—they would like to move forward. But the the truth is that that game is going to to be looked at as a as—is that the turning point? And until we see something else that that signals that to most of the people here, um, or most of the people that are watching the, the team, then I think that is going to get brought up over and over. And it'll probably be worse when a big team comes to town and everybody will come to town and 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 want to ask that question because they haven't done it yet, you know. But but you you've been around enough and you can see it but i think it has to be addressed because like i i think the performance uh against city uh the following saturday was you know that was what we uh, it's kind of what we expected coming out of a uh, uh, of a nine nil but then to come back home against everton and and just kind of roll over the way we did and, and just play the most uh, probably the worst half of football like you said uh that that has ever existed in in, in human existence like <laughs> in the first half like that was just so bad and then and I mean, the second half was better for, for about five minutes or 15 minutes maybe. And then after that, it just kind of went back to, to just being terrible. And it's, I mean, fans, fans are rightly, you know, uh, you, you, mentioned on the totally football show again, you know, people using it as a, the, the scarves that were left out as a, as a blindfold or throwing them towards the pitch or whatever it was like the, the things are not going well in a number of places. And it's quite, it's quite disheartening, um, even from, from a distance. Uh, and it's, I can only imagine what it's like to see it kind of unravel up close and personal as, as you're, as you're doing. Um, so, I mean, we have quite a few questions, uh, to, to go ahead and answer, but I want to start with, uh, a, a tweet, uh, from Glenn DeLaCour who, uh, writes a, a great blog. League one minus 10 also appears on a number of shows, uh, quite frequently. Uh, he says, am I correct in saying that we currently have no director of football, no head of recruitment, no assistant manager, no first team coaches, just assistant coaches and no under 23 manager and a temporary under 18s manager. Um, that that tweet did did quite well and people are quite concerned. But I mean, what, what did you make of that? And uh, I mean, as somebody who follows the club and, and the, the, I would say that Southampton hasn't been, um, they haven't released a list of like, hey, we haven't filled these positions yet, but they have kind of leaked things and, and, and made announcements as people moved positions and, and left the club and everything like that. But I mean, w- what is the state of Southampton Football Club in terms of uh, of the back room, I guess?
1: So that tweet is not
0: wholly true.
1: Um, and I have responded to it online. I'll I'll, I'll give up my response now. Uh, It's one of those things where it is and it isn't quite there. Uh, So first things first, head of recruitment and director of football can be the same job, depending on who's in the job. Director of football is a really, really nebulous term that some directors of football are are in charge of player recruitment. Some directors of football are very much just in charge of transfers. Some, some directors of football have a remit in charge of the academy. Other directors of football are also in charge of uh, marketing and branding. So, yes, at the moment there is no director of football and there is no director of recruitment, but that's because Russ Wilson left, not because they're missing two members of staff. So Russ Wilson was the last director of football. He had a remit in charge of player transfers, the academy, and I believe the women's team. Okay, and right. sometimes had a bit on the board of governance. Um, so uh, no director of football, no head of recruitment, yes, but that's one job. No assistant manager, that is kind of incorrect. So uh, Danny Rowe left in the summer. Depart- uh, Ralph Hassel's previous assistant manager, he departed for Bayern Munich to work as a video analysis. And, an after- and just before the Brighton game, Richard Kitzblitzer, I'm going to get that surname right one day. Every time I say that name, I say it to Ralph and I say, how am I doing in terms of my pronunciation? He goes, eh, you're getting better. You're English, so (laughs) it'll take a while. Um, So Richard is the assistant manager of Southampton football club. That is his job. Um, But again, the role he does within that job title is probably not what you'd expect from a traditional assistant manager. So Richard's job is primarily as a video analysis, particularly on the opposition. So, um, The weird thing about Southampton is they're secretly a Red Bull football club. Okay. Uh, So, Ralph Hassel came from Red Bull Leipzig. Richard Kittwitzer came from Red Bull Salzburg. Josh Sims just finished a loan spell at New York Red Bulls. Mm -hmm. Uh, One member of the academy, Natasha Patel, has just left Southampton to go to New York Red Bulls. There is a lot of movement between the Red Bull clubs and Southampton football club at the moment. Um, And... Southampton play a football style similar to Red Bull Salzburg and to Red Bull Leipzig. So this high pressing four two 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 potential formation um, and also in a coaching staff where they basically want a young coach, young players, and they also do a lot of video work. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the Red Bull clubs have academics and video analysis rather than traditional um, former professional football players and uh, meat and two veg. Style coaches. I don't know if meat and two veg make sense to an American like yourself.
0: Um, I've been around a long, uh, well, enough, so I think, I think it does. Uh, okay, so I'm not going right. to attempt to explain it, because uh, I, I will get it wrong, but I think I, I, think I have the basic concept.
1: <laughs> right, okay. So there is, there, is, there is an assistant manager, but he doesn't do... He's not an assistant manager in, in the... He's a number two. He's an assistant manager with a very specific role. Sure. <clears throat> there. And he do, I don't think he has the same responsibilities as Danny Rock. So there's that in terms of no first team coaches, that isn't correct. There, there are first team coaches, there are assistant coaches. Um, there has been a shakeup. So the former goalkeeping manager, goalkeeping coach, Dave Watson is now a first team coach who is in charge of set pieces as well as some other things. And there are three or four coaches in charge of three or four things. So there are first team coaches. Don't worry about that. In terms of no assistant on the 23 manager, um, the club just announced already. jahidi is leaving on friday so he's going on a 12-month secondment to hartford united in the second tier of the united states game so while he is left there is also an interim manager on the 23 level so i wouldn't say there is no on the 23 manager they just have an interim while they find a new one or someone to to hold the fort where if jahidi does want to return from his secondment he will do uh and i and the temporary on the 18 manager i think that is correct so Parts of that are correct. Parts of it aren't quite correct, and parts of it very much. The person is there, but their job role is different. Sure. Which again, like that large explanation speaks to how utterly bizarre Southampton is. But I also like to say things like Manchester United don't have the director of football mm-hmm. or head of right now. So, but then again, do you think Manchester United are a good football team? So that's up to you.
0: Uh, <laughs> no comment. Because um, yeah. I, I like yeah. you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i mean the the i just think the the fact that that fans are looking kind of that deep into it and it's it's that interesting to a lot of us and and we are i think searching for answers searching for reasons why the team is not doing well and because it, we there i think there needs to be some sort of turnover there needs to be uh something to inject some life into this team and it's um i think i'm safe in in saying uh, speaking for most people i think that changing the manager is not, I think most people realize changing Ralph out would be um, counterproductive. There, there isn't uh we've, we've changed managers enough uh, over the past couple of seasons to, to know, to know that doing it gives you a temporary kind of increase in, in terms of uh, points maybe. Uh, and then after that, like something else has to change and whether that's players or whatever it is, uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that all works, but um, I, I'm looking more forward to the, the term health of the club than, Um, you know, we need to win next week, even though winning next week is uh, something that we would all like, but uh, we'll have to have to kind of see. Yeah. I, I, I very much believe,
1: Hmm. No, let me, let me, let me caveat everything I'm about to say. So um, on Thursday before the Everton game, I very much thought there's no way Ralph Hassel was leaving. I said, this is a man who has a lot of personal pride. The club board apparently made it very, very clear after the nine, nil that Ralph Hassel would not be leaving. And that if anyone is leaving it will be playing stuff uh, and on Thursday he was really bullish and really really confident and I was very much of the opinion that if Ralph Hustle stops being Southampton manager that's because the club officials or people higher up the club failed on a critical promise and then Ralph Hustle choose to resign so it, it's quite important to remember that Housel- Ralph left his role in charge of Red Bull Leipzig after his second season, where he went, no, you clearly just want Nangelsman to come in. Stop wasting my time. I'm going to go. So mm-hmm. that's a tiny asterisk you should you should maybe keep in the back of your mind as things progress. Ralph is not a manager who is beyond resigning. Yeah. Uh, he's not. Some, he's not someone like that is going to be like, no, I want to be fired. I'll like, wait to fire me so I can paint my severance money. He's the how go. No, no, bye. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's important. I said that on Thursday, and I was very much, yeah, like, if, he go, if he does go, he's, he's going to go because they let him down, not because they're going to sack him. Sure. And then after Saturday, after the go, 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 that, 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 that image of Ralph pushing his team up and saying, go push higher up the field, and the team not pushing up, it will, uh, it will, I don't think it was televised, and I don't think it made any highlight packages, but I think it's the, like, the quiet. Wait a minute. Yeah, that will uh, that will go on for the rest of the season. So uh, before before on Thursday, I went there is absolutely no way Rafa's was leaving. And now I'm, I'm. There is a seed in my brain and I'm not going to water it, but that's that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, I guess it wouldn't be the first time that we've had a manager come to us and say, like, the club doesn't line up with what I want and what I want to do. And it's not running the way that maybe things were promised or that we talked about. And therefore, I'm going to I'm going to leave. And we saw Cumin leave. Um, we've had to get rid of uh, every manager since then. We haven't lost one to, because people have, have actively recruited them away from us, which says something. Um, and I still think, and maybe it's just because I'm a I'm a I'm a, a Ralph fan that uh, people will look. If, if he goes, it won't take him long to get another job. I don't think. And I think that says something about about where. Uh, we are at, and he's got to make the best of, uh, uh, of what he has. But I, I would say that some of his decision making over the past couple of matches, in terms of, of lineups and, and choices and tactics, has been has been questionable. But and then again, I don't know what's going on in training and things like that. Um, but I, obviously, like form this season has not been great. Uh, only two wins, none of them at home. Um, a terrible goal difference uh, overall, and at home especially, uh, made, made worse by that nine nil defeat uh, to to Leicester City. Um, but so I mean basically just just the overall form of the team has been has been awful, uh both at home and away, but especially I, I think the home record but uh if you kind of go down the list and look at at the you know the points earned uh, we we're, we're in the exact same position we were through twelve matches last year, uh one more win, but fewer draws, a worse goal difference um we have played uh i think our strength of schedule uh if we want to go full American college football uh oh, yeah. has been. I- I shared that this morning. Uh, yeah. It is by
1: a number of conceivable metrics, it is the worst, the hardest start to the season yeah. out of all the 20 teams in the Premier League. And so the opening 12 games, so 12 games have been played in the Premier League now. Eight of the teams that Southampton played in the opening 12 finished in the top half last season. The next game Southampton play is against Arsenal, which is you know another one in the top half. It is going to get easier now. But this was the worry at the start of the season where sort of their, you know, all the goodwill would just get absolutely crushed by a brutal fixture list.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would say the way I calculated it for the thing that I put out uh, Thursday morning was I looked at where all the teams were in week 12 and just kind of averaged it out. And it works out to like 7.4 uh, versus you know when Hassan Huddle came in, his first 12 matches, it um, mm-hmm. they, they averaged out to like 10.8 or 10.5 which is like, you know, like that's a that's a big difference when you're talking uh, you know, there's only 20 places in the table and the average is probably going to be about 10. So like you're 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 trending towards towards super difficult and I guess my worry is with all the the effort that is required uh in Ralph Hasen Huddles team for all of what he wants the guys to do, which is push up press high and that's way harder to do than just to sit back and, and kind of defend. Um and then you lose every week and, that, and then then he goes why am I doing this? And I could have a much easier time just defending somewhere else or, or playing in a team that's not going to require me to do all this running and we might actually win something. So I think like, it, it kind of could go very poorly for, for the guys and for Ralph and it could be harder to motivate the guys as we, as we go, even as we go towards kind of, I don't want to say easier fixtures, but easier fixtures.
1: Oh yeah. Everton were begging to be pressed. My most recent piece for the Athletic is measuring the press uh, and this, this, this uh, metric is called PPDA, Passes Per Defensive Action. Um, and when Raphael was at Red Bull Leipzig in his very first season when they finished second um th- around about November time Leipzig's PPDA was about 8 to 10 so the opposition got between 8 to 10 passes before someone at Leipzig tackled someone um, and then that, for the, you know for the majority of the start of, of this season Southampton were around about 8 to 10 yes you can there are some changes so the PPDA Jumped up a little bit when Southampton were playing against Liverpool or Manchester City, which you know two teams that even if you try and press them really, really hard, Bernardo Silva or One album, are just going to be able to pass through because they're some of the best players in the world. Um, so that it will spike up a little bit there, but and there was a little bit in their two victories against Brighton and Sheffield United where Southampton's PPA rose above 10, rose above ten because Southampton went, like, oh, we're winning, let's drop back a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, Southampton didn't want him to get more than 10 passes before James Wilkrowse or Rene or Huberg or Gineppo or Nathan Redmond put a boot in. That's how Haswell wants his team to play. Especially when you only play one game a week. So the PPDA for Leipzig jumped up a little bit when they had Champions League football. But for the most part, Haswell's very much don't let them get more than 10 passes today. And then, after Spurs, something happened. And now the PPDA's gone up. And it's steadily increasing. And I don't know why. And I, it might be simply they lost against Spurs after running a lot. So against Spurs, they managed to get six passes together before a Southampton play got in there. And they lost 2-1. And they didn't really have any chances in the second half, despite the fact Spurs had only 10 men. Um, and it might be, it might be, you know, there was no massive injury. There's no real outside Ryan Bertrand's recent suspension. There's no real, you know, key personnel missing if if Southampton are pressing less, that's because someone's making the decision to press less, and I don't. That's because Haswell has gone. Hang on, maybe we should drop back a little bit, or if it's because the
0: players have gone,
1: I can't do this no more.
0: Yeah, I can't figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I think we we all kind of noticed, and and Haswell has come out and kind of said it. I think is that we can do one of two things. Like we can we can either defend and not create any chances, and you know, hopefully, draw a game or potentially lose a game because we're still probably going to concede. Or we can we can go forward and create a few more chances, potentially not finish them and still lose because we're our defense is wide open. You know, and and I don't I don't know how to solve that. I don't I don't know. I, I, the easy thing to say is well, just change the players out. You know, like that's but players are on long term contracts. Players earn a lot of money. Players uh, if they don't perform here can't get picked up or won't get picked up by other teams around the, around uh, the premier league or other top teams because, uh, and that's really the only people who can afford their wages and things like that. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of stuck here, um, in this situation where we, we are not really good enough at either thing. We're not going to outscore teams. Uh, we're also not going to keep clean sheets and, and, you know, try to nick one goal and be able to hold that out. So we're, we're kind of in a, a kind of a terrible kind of spot, but, um, I don't know. like. I, are you good with going on to answer some questions now, or, or do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, you, know, you just what you've just said did there is basically what Mark was. Royal Hustle wants Southampton to press high up the field. Southampton are good at well, they're decent at pressing high up the field. They're they, they're they're like sixth in the table for doing it. Every single big spreadsheet piece of data that I've looked at makes me believe Southampton, if they maintain their pressing level, should be somewhere in, if not in the top half, but not far off the top half. Like this makes. Very little sense. Southampton are quite good at pressing. Ralph Hassel wants them to press. For some reason, they are not pressing as much. Why? Yeah. And 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 the it's like you said, like what Ralph Hassel said. He wants his team to press of the field because also, and this is, and this is the maybe the, the weird one. Mm-hmm. Has Ralph Hassel told his players we press higher up the field not because I want you to do it, but because it's the best way to protect yourself? Cause that can be quite a hard thing to try and because by most, you know, most coaching things, if you go through the academies or you play any sport for a long time, you basically realize if you're, if you're like losing or if you're in the middle of a losing run, what you do is you take it back to basics. You play a fixed shape. You stop playing aggressive styles of football and it can be very, very hard to to explain to a playing stuff like, no, 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 no. You have to be even more aggressive because unfortunately you don't have the back four to keep your shape and sit deep. You don't have, the counter-attacking ability to keep your shape and, and try and spring it. The only way Southampton are going to get out of this relegations of is by playing incredibly ambitious football, which it can be incredibly hard to convince playing staff to be even more ambitious when things are going bad. Any manager that can do that, they tend to be in the Champions League spaces. This is why Ralph Hassel was in the Champions League spaces because this this apparently was the thing he's very very good at arresting a slide is something very very hard to do outside of football manager or outside of FIFA. And this is,
0: this will be Ralph's great challenge. Yeah. I hope he's up for it because, because we need it. Um, Anyway, uh, we have several questions. We asked for questions from people on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, also from the discord uh, and, and Patreon channels. Um, We'll start with Christian Candler, who's at Candler Nero. And I just, uh, Christian's a friend of mine. So I just want to say, congratulations. He just got hired uh, at MIT. So um, enjoy that. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Science, science guy. Uh, things I don't understand, but good. Um, so he's, he'll be moving from Nashville to, to MIT soon. Um, but he says, as we get closer to January, what position should we focus on the most in getting a new player? I mean, we all know the kind of spending model that Southampton have. We got to have players out to have players in. Uh, we have guys out on loan that, you know, I don't know if they'll come back or whatever. But um, is there, a, is there a, a, a place that we're obviously missing a, a key figure that we could... Theoretically get I guess in the January window. I'm going to be really honest with you. I I know a lot of fans are looking at
1: January transfer window and I know a lot of people are looking at January And still gonna get players in I don't have time to look at transfers right now I'm too busy <laughs> trying to figure out what, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I get asked this like nearly every week What about players coming in what about players going in my like, mate? I'm trying to make sense of what's currently going on I can't look up over the parapet and also see who's playing really well in this in League two in, in France or who's really good in the bottom half of La Liga right now? I'm really sorry. I watch like one game a week. I watch two games a week. One of them is a Southampton game. And the other one it tends to be a Champions League game. Other yeah. than that, I'm not looking at White scout in the way that fans would like. Ralph Haswell said he's not thinking about transfer stuff until January. He goes, no, nope, no, nope. that's goes that's for Christmas. Yeah. He, he was told after Cedric. Um, what I did say at the start of the season was I said Southampton. Well, not at the start of the season. I said. I think it was around like the last international break. I basically said Southampton need a midfielder who can play a 1-2 and get ahead of the ball and join the attack and, and stitch the midfield and the, the attack because that was a, there was a real problem there. There was much of a muchness between Toyberg, Romeo and James Ward-Prowse. Yeah. And I said, if Everton continue to not play Tom Davis, Southampton should possibly try and get a loan deal there. Lo and behold, Tom Davis scores at a back post against Southampton. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's me jinxing stuff. So need. From what I understand, the club board understand they are problems at centre-back, at full-back, and in central midfield. So those are the areas they'll be looking to reinforce in January, if not in the weeks going forward. Um, and I very much agree. They very much need either either play Kevin Danzo or, or, or buy another centre-back on top of that. Um, they are very light in the full-back positions. Especially now Cedric has announced his intention to leave at the end of the season. So no matter what happens, Southampton will need one more right back and one more at least one more left back going into the next season. They need a central midfielder to to, to play those one twos and to play as a as a real true box to box. Because Romeo is a six. Choiberg is not the creative outlet that many hoped he would be. If you play foot manager from a certain vintage, Choiberg turned out to be like one of the best things since sliced bread. And that unfortunately hasn't quite come to pass in real life. Yeah. He's only twenty four. We'll see. So you know Central Midfield are there. I think they're okay in the wide areas. I think Redmond Redmond and Musa Janepo are very good on left and right in the wide areas, as is Sofian Boufal. Um so I think that's covered. And up top Danny Ings is there, Shea Adams is there. Indulu um from the under twenty threes, if you can if he's got a hamstring injury, but I think he's got potential. I like him a lot. He's twenty years old of age. He should be the third striker going forward so that is stocked so the front four areas should be well stocked it's everything else that needs at least one or two more areas of personnel who you bring in i do not know because we've spoken before and and the former director of football russ wilson said this southampton are really kind of working on a 15 million spending cap so I don't know. I have no idea who you convince to come into Southampton and go. We're in the middle of relegation battle. There's a very good chance you'll be spending next season in the Championship. That will say yes, and that you can get from of 15 million, and that could dramatically change Southampton's fortunes. Yeah, that's hard. That's really hard to do. Yeah, yeah.
0: We, we've backed ourselves in a, quite a position in terms of, of needing to get players in and, and the, that can actually change the team that are better than the players we have who are going to be com- willing to come in and, and run as much as we're going to need and require. And also, like you said, uh, potentially, probably, uh, that sucks to say out loud, um, spend next year in the championship. like that's, that's not what most people are signing up for. you know, um, and, and I think if you look around the, the midfield, uh, you know, I think he spoke last time of, of, you know, I think, uh, Hassan Nabi right. Uh, at, mm-hmm. at Leipzig. And, uh, you, you look and we don't have that, that player, that player doesn't exist at Southampton. And so if you, if you get a player like that, and, um, I'm going to say this, like, is Mario Lamina, is he that player? Like, can he be that guy or is that relationship I think is severed and, and that bridge is that bridge is, is burned and, and never coming back. They're not even trying to rebuild it. I don't think, but, um, if he comes back in January, is that is that is that an option, or or uh, has that been mentioned at all? No, there's been
1: no mention of Lamina. I don't think he's going to come back. Okay.
0: Nor is there anything. Again, when I
1: when I looked made that article about Navigator and, and did everything, I I, I uh, like there was nothing immediate about Lamina's play that that struck him as as a genius yeah. or, or struck him as the b one endle. He was an okay two way threat. He didn't play. Enough games for Southampton for me to go. Wow, yeah, incredible. Uh, nor did he seem to want to be that guy for Southampton. So uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be all what could have been about him. Okay,
0: fair enough. Um, all right. Let's let's go through some of these other ones. Uh, Chicago Saints FC and it's at chai underscore saints fan. Uh, it says any reason for lack of youth players in this uh, the this season from Ralph last year. Ralph gave many U twenty three players a, a chance uh, or some playing time so far. I think Bokin's got one minute in a cup game. And he thinks that's it. Um, I mean, is there? I mean, the the youth team players this season they haven't come through as much. Uh, have, have you been able to ask Ralph about that or talk about that or notice that you, yourself? No,
1: I asked him about Jay Bokens. At the at the um, during Ryan Bertrand's abscondia, I basically said. A lot of fans are asking about Jake Wilkins, where is he? And he said, you know, he goes, Jake Wilkins is really, really good. He came to, you know, gave me a pot history of Jake, said he watches Jake a lot, which apparently he does. I see, Apparently, I have all the t- under 23 players. Wilkins is the one that Ralph watches the most, um, is is my understanding. Uh, and then he also said, you it, oh, Ralph made a statement along the lines of, you can see he used to be a winger, because sometimes his positioning for 1v1 is not what I'd like it to be and in wide positions, that is very, very, very important. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that's why Jake Vokans possibly hasn't got the minutes that some would expect. And also because, you know, in a really brutal term, Southampton in the middle of a relegation battle, why do you want to throw some youngsters in there? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it is very important to say, it, you know, this isn't football. This, is, this isn't FIFA. This isn't football manager. This isn't, this is real life. It can be, it is not recommended to throw in a bunch of eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-olds when your team is losing. That has incredible knock-on psychological effects onto a team. It is far easier to integrate players into a, a team that has a, a very clear, coherent system and a very clear method of play. So the player, so the young player, can can, can concentrate on the two or three things that got them to the party. It is very, very hard to, to go to Jake. You know, I wouldn't want a 19 year old five foot nine Jake Vokins to go. All right, mate. So Bertrand suspended. We've just lost nine nil. You've got Manchester city. Have fun. Yeah. Cheers, man. Enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do that. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's why there's been some, some reluctance to play some of the young players right now.
0: I I think it's much better to, to bring guys in in a, in a situation where they can succeed and be, be successful because that's going to breed, you know, um, that's that's gonna bring more confidence down the road if you bring him in just let him get crushed and say like oh you're obviously and the fans will turn and say you know he's not good enough why are we doing this the academy's a mess we have to you know and then it just kind of is this this self-perpetuating kind of thing that doesn't that doesn't do anybody any good I don't think so um, I I won't I won't lie I've been a little bit frustrated that we've chosen to play uh, certain people at at left back versus uh, you know an actual left back and I've I, I think I think all of us have made that clear but uh, I don't necessarily want to see Jake Vokin's confidence get crushed. Like, that's not what I want, you know. Uh, and I think it's probably harder for a, a young defender to come into a team that's struggling than it is for a young attacker, where you just go, hey, man, go go run at people and see what happens, you know. Uh, yes. And, and hopefully you don't blow your hammy out on, on the way.
1: Um, yeah. And also, you know, some of these players are, are, do get injured. Jake Vokin's picked up a, a little bit of an ankle knock. Around about the time people we're going, what about Jake volkins and, and Dan and Dan do People are going, where is he right now? I'm like, he's out. So he's been injured for the six week hamstring sure injury. Well, not these under 23 players aren't sort of like smash glass go off. They're, they're training as well. They're playing under 23 games just as much. Yeah. The conditioning, especially from an under 23 game to a Premier League game, it is not. It takes time, right? i <laughs> While we like to pretend every every young stud can immediately make the jump from under twenty three football to to Premier League football, there is a huge gulf in stamina and running and just situational awareness and concentration. Just because you can last you know ninety minutes in, in an twenty three game doesn't mean you can last ninety minutes in Premier League game. Yeah. The five five draw between Liverpool and Arsenal is evidence of that. As you know, both teams played some of their youngsters and it got to the 60th minute and both of those players were like <laughs> yeah. let's just play fifa and yeah. just whack it and that's why that game ended 5-5 five five, because eventually the midfielders and the central defense went screw it the <laughs> some that.
0: yeah yeah um jack who is at goushing out um he says strongest back line in your opinion so if you could pick the uh if you could pick the back line for a team for the for the saints for the t- for a, for a match um, who would it involve, and, and what formation would you go with across the, the back line?
1: Uh, so this is a real funny thing. This is one of the interesting things about the fan base recently. Um, when Southampton were not... When Southampton started the season, they were playing a back three or a back five, uh, and I was very much, they should play a back four. Ralph was trying to get to this four two two two. Then they won against Brighton playing it, uh, and it looked as if, you know when Bertram comes back, and when Redmond comes back, and when Musa Geneva comes back, they'll play four at the back for a bit. That kind of went undone after the 3-1 defeat against Bournemouth. And then we went back to a, a five at the back, or a three at the back. And that seemed to be going okay. The 1-1 the one, the draw against Wolves led me to believe that the, the formation going forward would be a three or a five at the back of these backs, especially because of Jan Valery's... Yan Valery at the moment looks better as a wing back than he does as a right back. So three or five in the back seems to just suit everyone involved. And also, you know, based on Southampton's defence, it's just a lot easier to have one extra centre-back as a security blanket. So there was that. And now I'm seeing, so we started off the season with three at the back and five at the back, and Southampton fans went, no, play a four at the back. Then so they lost against Bournemouth, and then Southampton fans no, we need five at the back. And now we've gone full circle again. So after the defeat against Leicester and the defeat against Everton, we're seeing fans go, no, we need four at the back. I'm going to be really, really mean here. It doesn't matter if you play three at the back or four at the back if one of those people is not a Premier League standard defender. And unfortunately, there is one person in that current setup that I do not believe is good enough or fit for purpose for Southampton if they wish to stay in the Premier League. So what I prefer to see is i like to see a proper, re- a proper either explanation as to why Kevin Danza isn't starting, or or or, or a bedding in of Kevin Danzo in that group. I think swapping Gunn for McCarthy has come at the right time because Gunn's confidence has looked not the best recently. Um, so I think McCarthy as the goalkeeper. Ryan Birchman. Bertrand, Ryan Birchman's returned from suspension. Now the suspension will be served, so Ryan Birchman will be the left back going forward for the rest of the season. I, I imagine. Um, one of the centre backs will be Jan Benrick. Benerek has started every single Premier League game. Hassel has been in, in charge of. So, if you want to go with a five, you put in Yoshida and Danzo, And if you don't, if you want to play a four, then just play one of Yoshida or Danzo. And on the right, on the right, uh, if you want to play a wing back, I'd say use Jan Valery. And if you want to play a right back, at the moment, use Jan Valery because Cedric hasn't particularly done anything to you know since that long ago.
0: Yeah, uh, I think the moment for a lot of fans are going to remember from Cedric is, you know, midweek saying, you know, I'm out, see you guys later. And then deciding to try to go outside of the boot cross um, instead of using his left foot and having to go woefully wrong. And then not really doing anything the rest of the match uh, against Everton, which is still in my mind as one of those, uh, as somebody who plays left back, um, that, is, that is not great, sir. Um, I, am a, I am not even a five a side worthy like, defender, and I can cross with both feet. Uh, at least a little bit, you know. Um, you should be able to as well. Um, not you, specifically. That, that's a Cedric, who will uh, punch me in the face if he sees me. Um, let's see. We have more questions, and none of them are none of them are brightening my day. This comes from Fred Lazaro, two thousand eleven, on Instagram. It says, "Are there any behind the scenes signs that the board is working to save the season, and has the locker room turned on Ralph the way it appeared to turn on Claude Puel?" Uh, you weren't uh, you know, necessarily around for that, but uh, is there any sign from the players that the, there is some disconnect between uh, the manager and the players? And and I guess has, I mean, obviously you mentioned the board's kind of aware of what's happening, and they're they're working to obviously try to try to improve the system. But I mean, is there anything that's is there any concrete ideas coming down from them, or is it is it kind of just up in the air at this point? I don't know.
1: I, I've, I've, uh, there is there is a lot of rumor and conjecture that is going on in the ab- absence of. Official club statement. I am a journalist that doesn't mind being second to a news story as long as I know what I'm saying is correct. Yeah. So I don't want to comment too much on rumor and conjecture. I'll say that I've had meetings with certain individuals affiliated with the club um, and certain conversations with those affiliated to the club, as far as I know and as far as what's been printed. Club very much wants to get a new director of football in by January. So, for the start of the January transfer window, I personally, my gut is telling me that is unlikely because people have no experience to serve out. Uh, and the, of the available directors of football out there that you could just hire tomorrow, I don't think they're of the sound to keep Southampton in the Premier League. But, and I think Southampton, no matter what, but, you know, I think Southampton would much rather. Measure twice and cut once. Then just get someone in to get someone in. Yeah. So there's that.
0: Yeah. I, I uh, think, oh, sorry, go
1: ahead. No, no, no. That, that's a, that's pretty much it.
0: As I, was, I, I think getting the right person for the job is better than just getting the job filled. And I think that's, you know, we we've seen what happens with panic buys or panic decisions in the past. Um, Guido Carillo, uh welcome to the club. Uh, <laughs> and, and so <laughs> like, I, is a
1: really really interesting one because he Ru- Ross Wilson openly admits, yeah, they dropped the ball there. Um, in this really weird way where he didn't name career but he said there was one incident, there was one instance where we short-circuited our own recruitment process and over-supported the manager. Uh, he said there was one instance where the manager really wanted to play, previously worked with, and we short-circuited our own process and we made a bad decision. Now, he didn't say career, but he said career Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> from what I understand from other people like around the club, they went, yeah, anyone in that January transfer window could tell you that what they really, really needed was pace. They really needed a pacey striker, but, oops. Yeah. And they ended up with Korea who, who did, for the best part, nothing. Yeah. Which, is really, which is really unfortunate. And that's sort of, as far as I know, Korea is their most expensive signing yet. He yep. cost 19 million. Um, I think maybe someone at a club currently playing cost a bit more, but it was a, it's currently like an undisclosed fee or based on bonus and add-ons. Yep. But as far as we know, is the most expensive signing and your most expensive signing, you openly admit, you shouldn't have bought him, but you bought him because the manager who you've now removed really, really wanted him for reasons that we all know didn't fit your side. Yeah, You don't want to do that again. And I think waiting for a director of football is, is, going, to, is going to fix that. And I think from what I understand, Ralph Haswell recently... In his last press conference of so the Thursday before Everton, he said, "Anyone can look at a team. You don't need a director of football to know we need new signing. So let's not talk about that. Right? It doesn't matter who's the director of football. Come if we don't have a director of football on on in January because we still have the notes and the shortlist that we had from the summer that we didn't quite finish. Yeah, and I think that's probably going to be the the the, the methodology going into January. So." I don't think it's going to be directly in January. I do think what they are going to be using is Russ Wilson slash Ralph notes from August.
0: Yeah. Just, just turn the notebook back to page one and start there. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I mean. Keep the questions coming. Yeah. All right. All right. So um, Al Capone on uh, Al Capone 156 on Instagram, who uh, was kind enough to message me and educate my my old ass on uh, how that is mentioned. And I looked at it going like I should have known that. Um, but anyway he says uh, do you think the recent reform uh, is a rebellion against the god awful tracksuits but seriously uh, what do you think is happening behind the scenes so I think we kind of talked about that um, already um, got got
1: a a... because the tracksuits are woof
0: yeah
1: pretty... in a nice way this is I don't know if you want to you cut this but you can see it right like Raphael was wearing a gray tracksuit bottom and yeah you can see it
0: yep yep, they, they, yep. They, they're a little flat across the front <laughs> they yep. could they
1: yep. Could... Yep, and that's what I'll say about that. <laughs>
0: um, I don't want to give him any trouble. That's I'll say that too. Yeah, uh, I do
1: not I don't to bring that up in conversation. So.
0: <laughs> um, we have a quite a rant here from one of the patrons uh, from Kevin McGee, um, basically going on about about Danzo and Target, uh, and he says just kind of, I don't know if there's a question in there. Uh, he says, "What? What? WTF is the club thinking at this point?" and I don't know. I think he feels better after that. And we'll just leave that there uh, and say thank you to Kevin. Um, But I guess uh, we have one more here from Facebook. It says, Niall, I'm going to mess this up. M I N O G U E uh, says, What do you make of people around the club leaving and the performance on the pitch? Um, He says, Why do we see the problems and they don't seem to be addressed? And I guess this goes back to a question we had before. It might have been when you were on before. Like, are people leaving just like because people leave jobs and they, they want new opportunities and they or is it people abandoning ship? Like, are they leaving because we are doing so poorly or are they being forced out because we're doing so poorly and it's their fault? Or Have you been able to kind of make sense of any of that?
1: No, no, I can't. And I, I, I only think this stuff will come to light later on in the season, depending on the league position. At the moment, it looks as if Ross Wilson left as the record of football because once Rangers, I think in 2014, Rangers made an approach and it looked as if he was going to go. And there was a a small discussion about the transfer fund. And then it's only, and the Rangers have come back to him now and said, we have the money. Would you like to come? And and Ross has more or less gone. Yeah, this is kind of my dream job. I want to go back to Scotland. So there's that. In regards to the, on the 23 position, I don't know there. And I wouldn't want to speculate or whatnot. Um, So there's that. Danny roll leaving, you know, if, if you're, you, do you want to be the assistant manager at Southampton or do you want to work at Bayern Munich? Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't, it could be as simple as that. Um, there are some rumors and conjecture there. I can't confirm or deny those at the moment either. And there's that. You can listen to some of the comments from players that have left Southampton and, um, Dusan Tadic's comment was quite interesting. He said basically like, "Yeah, I left because they just kick you. I'm so sick of ice and and being covered up in ice, and now I'm in in Dutch football. I don't get beaten up anymore." Yeah, which is that's not. I don't think that's a thing. That. So I'm, I just says things a lot about English football, and there's been comments from other members of staff, which is basically in our in the article we repend a couple of weeks ago about how there's a, a vacuum of footballing knowledge. Yeah. There has been some comments about how. Either by accident or design, two or three members of staff have left. And you do have this question of, wait, who, who's the person you talk to? And I don't know. I don't know if that's leading to to people, if there's a concerted effort of them going to Nets Flee Southampton now, or if it is just accidentally people going when people are going.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I just have one more for you. And it's, it's, it might, I think it's going to be pretty simple, but it might not be. But um, I, having worked now covering the team for, uh, you know, several months through the season, through 12 game weeks, I should we should say. Um, what has been your favorite piece that you've been able to do or favorite interview that you've been able to conduct around the club?
1: Oh, uh, so unfortunately, I've not been able to interview consistent first teamers in Southampton yet. Um, so my, my interviews with the players have been with, with ex pros, so James B and Joe Tesson. Joe Tesson was a really fun interview because we, we didn't really even speak about Southampton. It was basically, wait, you used to be a cop and you used to be. <laughs> Yeah, like he, 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 he trained part-time as a police officer while he was playing out of the Norwegian League. He also trained to be in the Norwegian Air Force. And that was, that was a really interesting conversation there. Um, I enjoyed that. I very much enjoyed the South Coast Derby. Yeah, like that. I'll never forget that game as long as I live. Yeah. The noise was thunderous. Thunderous in a way that, well, blimey. Yeah, yeah maybe I'm a little soft-coddled middle-class football fan that doesn't experience real football because that's what real football is. Yeah. More of that. Yeah. Give me some more of that. Um, so the pieces I wrote around like that were, were, were quite interesting and, uh, edifying for me. I also quite enjoy doing a tactic deep dive. Um, so anytime I get to put some like arrows on a screenshot of Premier League football, I feel quite happy as yeah. well.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, I'll say that I, I think you had, uh, with Femi and Kane Ramsey. I enjoyed that interview. um, in that piece. Uh, and I think that was early in in your time, but it, it was, uh, it's one of those ones where you get to to see a little bit because, you know, you you see the guys on Instagram, you see them play the game and and that's all you see. Like you see the training pictures and stuff like that, but it was nice to uh, to be able to, uh, if you, I don't know, to, to see a little bit more of them and and get to know them a little bit better. And so, um, I appreciated that. So, um, but yeah, a lot you I I would say that uh, I, I won't, I don't like to, I'm a, a historian by training, so we never say all, but like most of your work is very, very good, um, and that's as, clo- I, that's as close that's the closest saying all of it as I can because I think it, it, it's basically all pretty damn good. Uh, but it just, it, I almost can't say it because it, there's like a reaction in me because I'll yell at my students every time they do it. But um, yeah, I mean, I thank you for for all of your work on both at the athletic and and everywhere else that you've been you've been around, and thanks for coming on the show, and I hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you very much. All right,
0: you enjoy yourself as well. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Carl Anker. You can find him on Twitter at Anchorman616. Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, If you want to see more of Carl's writing, you can do that over at The Athletic. There's a free trial if you're interested. There's also a link to sign up if you're interested. It's an annual or monthly subscription based on whatever you think, uh, but it's up to you. So uh, uh, check out the story that's in front of the paywall. Maybe try the free trial. See if it works for you. See if you like it. But if you don't, you don't have to sign up. The show would be nearly impossible to do each and every week without the partners of the show. Uh, the logo for the show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, he has been a huge help Uh, over and over again. I cannot thank him enough. Uh, Jay and the rest of the guys over at the Southampton page as well. Uh, If you don't follow the Southampton page on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, you should. Uh, They will keep you up to date with everything going on at the club. And for all your Southampton news and needs, be sure to check out the Southampton page. Uh, I do have one special announcement. Today is thank a patron day if you're listening on Tuesday. So, thank you to the patrons of the show. So, that's a Saint in London, AJ Reardon, Dave Lee, Duffy Alverson, Giorgio Spicagna, Justin Woodward, Kevin McGee, Luke Millard, Mike Banks, Ordinary Mike, Rob Clements, Shaw, Stephen Brandt, Steve Peake, and Tom Murray. Uh, thank you to you for all of your support. Without you guys, uh, the show may have folded by now, but we're up and running strong. And I hope that uh, you guys are enjoying it. And I cannot thank you enough uh, for what you have done for me in making this show possible. So thank you so much. Uh, I hope to be around and we'll keep doing this. Uh, all, all, all of that good stuff. Hopefully Saints turn this around. So, uh, you know, it's, it's happier times. But anyway, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio or wherever you get your podcast. If you're not interested in becoming a patron, but you want to help, leave a review on iTunes. It helps a lot. Uh, It makes it look like, you know, we know what we're doing. That's nice. music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that's probably over by now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Uh, We will be back next week with episode 150 and uh, I very much look forward to discussing Arsenal and hopefully, uh, you know, we manage to pull out a win. So, uh, anyway, until next time, thanks for listening and remember that together, we march on.
1: Um but I guess what the hell is I going to ask you there? you were just reading off the stats and got quite sad didn't you